Howdy, folks. Welcome to episode six of the MindFit Movement podcast. Firstly, before I go into introducing um, the guest, I want to say a massive, massive thank you to everybody that's been listening. We're up to about 300 total plays and um, an audience of around 50 people. So thank you very much for people that are recurring listeners or returning listeners. Um, I appreciate you coming back and, and listening every week. And also thank you for sharing around if you shared it around. Also, if, if you're new here and it's the first time you've joined me, thank you very much and welcome. Um, if you enjoy the episode, go and check out some uh, some previous episodes. There's some really good ones. Even if you don't like this episode, go and check out the other episodes because they are, I reckon they're good ones. <laughs> um, so yeah, episode six, guys, uh, I have Emily Hassett on the on the show. Um, Emma is a, is a coach and basically she helps wanderers, um, she guides wanderers, I should say, back to themselves. So what that kind of means is wanderers are people that are, that are searching, they're seeking for something a little bit more out of life. So, um, you know, like not having all the answers and, and maybe looking at things in a different way, um, maybe following not the so uh, social norm. Um, and, yeah, so basically she helps people um, guide them back to themselves so they can come back to their true being and, um, and living through their purpose and in alignment. Um, in the episode, we cover topics around mental health and connecting with yourself, being present and also scripting. So, um, yeah, we chat about uh, basically what it means to connect with yourself and different different ways and expressions of what that what that looks like, and also um, about being present and um, how important that can be to our mental health. Um, we we chat about some things that have helped me uh, with my confidence. And one of those is being affirmations and, and saying, saying these affirmations right before I go to sleep and the first, uh, as soon as I wake up in the morning, um, first thing. So basically, yeah, M, M goes into why that's, why that's the perfect time to, um, to say the affirmation to yourself and like the science behind that. Um, she also goes into scripting and basically how you could script your life and then um, basically you you calling in um, things or um, basically manifesting things into being before actually achieving them or having them. So super super interesting conversation guys. Um, hope you hope you're gonna like it. Oh, I mean I hope you're gonna love it to be honest, not just like it. Um, so yeah, guys, Christmas coming up next week. I don't think I'll put an episode out next week. Might put it out in the new year because I'm heading away for Chrissy. Um, so yeah, Merry fucking Christmas to everybody that's listening. And I hope you have a good one full of fun, joy, and love with your friends and family. And yeah, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.
Also, guys, the potty is sponsored by MindFit Adventures. And uh, MindFit Adventures is the adventure travel company that I'm getting off the ground. And basically, MindFit Adventures is um, a group adventure travel company that incorporates fitness, mindfulness, and self-development. And basically, I'm starting up MindFit Adventures because it is it is a way to help people reconnect to themselves. And basically, everything that I um, that helped me reconnect to myself, um, I want to put in a package and then teach it to other people. Um, so that's travel, adventures, um, mindfulness, fitness, and self development. Um, so yeah, everything that I everything that I learnt, um, I want to teach that to people in one package. All right. So what you can expect on a mindful adventures trip is. Um, so let's just use Bali as a destination. So groups of like-minded people will go over to Bali. We'll all stay in the same accommodation. We do daily functional fitness workouts. We do different mindfulness activities like um, yoga and meditation. We also do um, all different active adventures. So there's a learn to surf lesson. There's hiking a a live volcano to watch an epic sunrise and then after the once we've hiked back down the mountain we then go to natural hot springs um, that are from the volcano that are heated from the volcano we also visit some temples and some water healing temples um, and then also we incorporate self-development workshops throughout the trip so teaching different things about um different things are how we can, we can incorporate new things into our lives, like uh, being more optimistic and shifting our mindset to create a, create a more happy and fulfilled life. There's also some relaxation activities that we do. So, you know, chilling out, sun baking, coconuts down the beach. Um, we go to a place called Amo Spa where there's traditional Balinese massages. They have a sauna a cold pool and a jacuzzi there. <clears throat> so basically what you do, it's called contrast therapy and it's going from the hot sauna to the cold pool. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good for relaxation and recovery. There's a ton of benefits from that. And if you want to learn more, you can just punch in hot and cold contrast therapy and learn about that. Um, so yeah, guys, the trips are going to be fucking amazing. Um, we're going to be tons of fun. We're going to get out of our comfort zones. We're going to, we're going to learn stuff about ourselves. We're going to meet new people, um, that, you know, we'll probably be friends for life. Um, yeah, just have a, have an epic, epic time. So if you want to learn more about MindFit Adventures, you can go to www.mindfitadventures.com. Uh, you can book a trip there and learn all about our trips. Um, if you want to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, it's at MindFit Adventures. Also, we are uh, collaborating with influencers and um, affiliating with um, different studios, whether you're a fitness studio, yoga studio, movement studio, anything like that, CrossFit, gym, um, anything that has a community or a following. We are collaborating with you guys 
So you can bring your community on one of our trips. So basically, wherever you want to go, we will organize the trip. Um, and all you have to do is get your passport, get your travel insurance, jump on the plane and come over. So yeah, like I said, if you want to learn more about that, head over to the website, check out the Instagram and Facebook. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you guys on a MindFit adventure. Welcome to another episode of the MindFit Movement podcast. Today, I have the lovely Emily Hassett, aka M Dog, <laughs> aka Hass Dog, aka Spirited Seeker. AKA, no, that's it. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show, Em. How are you? Thank you. Oh, I'm so good. I'm yeah. so thrilled to be here. It's so funny. As soon as you press record, my hands just got super sweaty. Like immediately. <laughs> like immediately anxiety. my body temperature went. <laughs> so here like we are. You flick a switch and it's just like full anxiety mode. Yeah. It's like, oh, whoa, someone else is going to be seeing me in this rather yeah. than just you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's recording. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, here we are. People are going to hear you and people are going to see you. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to me. Yeah. So yeah, welcome to welcome to me. So M, who who are you? Oh. What do you do? Mm. What are all the things? What are all the things about you? What is the stuff I am made up of? What mm. what fires you up? What brings you joy? What gets your juices flowing? Mm. All right. I will answer with what seems to have been the theme of the last couple of years for me, which is this insatiable coming home mm. to truth. And that is expressed in me from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And it's through my work, it's through every single conversation I have, whether it's with a stranger, a client, a friend, myself, it's just this, um, relentless pursuit of what is real and to remember that. So what I do in the world is essentially guide wanderers back home to themselves because I know so well what it means to be a seeker and on the search. Yet so much of that we stray from ourselves, like looking outward and really the journey is all about returning home. Uh, to this sense of remembrance, this sense of just like more and like, what it means to be human. Like calm and, and accepting of yourself, right? Maybe not calm. I'm probably not the best person <laughs> <of> calm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we did just say how hot I got <laughs> yeah. to record. Like, and what sets me on fire, those are definitely some of the, the words that I know I would use about myself and that other people would use about me too. I, yeah. I carry a torch that is just like, I'm going to light this shit on fire until it turns into gold or yeah. something that resembles truth rather than this facade that we all carry around. So mm. yeah, what I, what I, every single do, I, every single thing that I do has this intention of yeah, being in truth. All right. So you, 
you mentioned how you guide wanderers. Um, mm. So can you explain a little bit more about like, like what, like what a wanderer would be, um, you know, like what type of person that is, or, you know, are they lost with their lives or whatever? Mm. Yeah. I mean, a wanderer, I think at some point is every single one of us, you know, until we ask, until we're brave enough to ask ourselves the questions, like, why are we here? What am I doing? Who am I? Mm. Which at one point of another, most of us do become daring enough to ask those questions because we hit a point where something's just not working anymore. It doesn't light us up, even if it makes sense on the outside. So somebody might have their shit together on the external um, or they might not mm. at all, but that kind of comes secondary to this internal restlessness that we experience as just being humans in bodies on this planet at this time where the world is like shaking and shifting and systems are burning down and we're trying to find our place. You know, we're all kind of bumping around into each other, just being like, Oh, what does it mean to be a woman in 2019? What does mm. it mean to be a man? What does it mean to, I don't know, like have a purpose, have a mission. So the wanderers to me, are people like you and I, people that live the questions rather than live out the answers. Mm. you know the ones who have the answers are kind of locked in this logical rational intellectual experience of the world mm. where they're more driven from ego if you have all the answers there's not much more to be open for right there's not there's not much more to learn or to expand upon but the wanderers are the ones that yeah want to explore the new territory mm. And that can be a really scary journey when mm. we're not given a map. So people like me, people like you are lighthouses for, you know, kind of blazing that trail, being like, maybe come down this one, check it out. Yeah. See, it feels good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we, you know, when we live from that place of like having all the answers or, living through our ego, it's safety, you know, um, because I can totally relate. And I spoke to Jamie Ray about this the other day on a podcast. Um, and, you know, I thought I had all the answers at 20, was I 25 or something, you know, and I was, you know, I had the, had the fiance, had the house, had the dog, you know, like had the high paying job, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, it was safe, right? Everything was safe, secure, but I wasn't, wasn't happy. I wasn't, like, I wasn't on fire. I wasn't thriving. I didn't, I didn't feel immense amount of joy, right? And the only time that I did was if I went out drinking, right? And then taking drugs too. And then having this fucking big come down. And it was, it was a shit life, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, like it kind of all flipped upside down when we split up. And it, like you said before, like the wanderer was like, all right, what the fuck is life about? You know, that was literally what I said to my cousin. I was like, Jules, mm -hmm. what the fuck is life about? You know? I love those moments. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. And that was like kind of what set me on the path to go traveling and, go and live in Vancouver and, 
you know, and if I didn't ask that question, what the fuck is life about? Hmm. Who knows where I would be? Like maybe I would be still doing shit that I hate, you know? Well, and here's the thing about that. It's not actually safe and secure. I think a lot of us, when we, when we look back at those stories, we think that we are staying safe, but really we are killing ourselves slowly because we're suffocating on mm. our own untruth. Mm. And the, the truth is, is that your fiance could have gotten hit by a bus and then what? Or your dog could have been stolen or your car could have broken down or you could have lost a lot of money or your house could have burned down or you could have got fired. Like all of these things that occur in life that are completely out of our control as much as we are in this co-creation dance with life, I, my, my belief system is that life is always going to do the prodding for us, right? So even just that idea of safety, oftentimes we don't make the choices that are true because we have an internal sense of not being safe. So this external safety of like, and secure security of, well, you know, the money is coming in every single week. I kind of know how much my groceries are. I know what fight to expect from this person, even though I don't, you know, I'm not having the best time in this relationship, but at least I know what's going to happen. Like all of these predictable things that we convince ourselves are safe. We actually stay in them because of, how much we don't trust ourselves to deal with what's uncomfortable, to deal with what's not predictable. Mm. So we try to control everything outside of us to keep this internal world that wants to just friggin' explode because it's so un because it's so shakable. Um, we attempt to create that version of reality. Like we're playing a game of Sims, right? Of like, oh, if everything on the outside looks good, maybe maybe this internal thing will go away and calm down, which is why mm. I think so many of us are suffering so deeply and mm. we're in isolation and we're feeling lonely and we're moving through mental health issues and health issues that um, we, we are change, like we're, we're approaching from the outside in rather from the inside out. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Try and uh, unpack that a little bit more for us, please. Yeah. So a lot of my work is really focused on bringing ancient ways anew. And okay. a heavy focus on that is community, is gathering together, is disconnecting from technology and being together in real space. And also this sense of coming home to our humanness, as I said before, by you know, developing a relationship with nature, developing a relationship with our bodies, our vessels. And these are the things that I believe in functional medicine too, are all of the pillars that have kept us well enough to evolve to the point we are now. And now we're just kind of too good for all that stuff. So we live in apartments and we box ourselves in and we talk to people on the internet instead. Mm. And we listen to podcasts about mental health without actually leaving the house and going to try and find a conversation with someone where we can feel them and we can be with them in space because it's, that's kind of the easier way to do things now. So 
you know, water, air, like the elements and re and communing with our human nature is what I feel like is what this new kind of paradigm of medicine is pushing us toward mm-hmm. because we've, we've tapped out of being like our chimp selves so much that we've forgotten who we really are mm-hmm. and we're suffering because of it. And so what if we put our feet in the dirt? What if we, you know, foraged our food? What if we spent more time outside and less time on technology? Like that's, I, I truly do believe that those things make the biggest difference when we're really searching and aching for connection with mm. self and, and with other too. Yeah, so we've basically become so connected, you know, with technology and with our jobs and stuff like that, that we've disconnected from ourselves and other people, right? Yeah, I, sure. I, I feel the most alive when I'm having a conversation with somebody else and connecting with them, you know, like that, that human, I don't know if it's just me and, you know, just like what fires me up, but I really love having a deep connected conversation with somebody. Good old D&M. Yeah. Good old, good D&M. old D&M junkie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get your fix. Exactly. And what a great prescription. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To feel connection, connect. That just makes sense. And and this is the beauty of it. We can do that right here and now, being on different lands with an ocean between us. And disconnection is not technology's fault. It's how we use it, right? Mm. So right now we're using it in a way to connect, mm-hmm. to bring people in, to like hold metaphorical hands across the ethers because we're all up in their ear holes and hopefully they can feel us. Hopefully they can sense that we're with them, you know, and we, we have this choice to use this tool in this way rather than blaming it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for like being very aware of the dangers of technology and some of the ways that we, um, aren't aware that it's kind of hooking us in. Mm. So awareness is definitely key, but it's yeah. not technology's fault that nah, you're alone and that you're lonely. Mm. Like use it in a way that cultivates a sense of community. There's so much, it's endless. It's infinite potential for building community. It's yeah. epic. Yeah, 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 totally. And I, like a few years ago, I was like, I was like, fuck Facebook. I'm deleting Facebook. It's just, it's bullshit, you know, it's so shit, you know, it just distracts me and blah, 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 blah. And because I found myself just endlessly scrolling for no reason. Yeah. But what it's were not, you looking for? Well, that's right. What the fuck was I looking for? I don't know. I was just numbing because I would, I would find myself five minutes later being like, I don't know, I've got a sore thumb from flicking my fucking screen and I don't even know what I just looked at, you know? And I was using it for the wrong stuff, right? So it wasn't, fa- Facebook's not fucked. It was, it, the way that I was using it was fucked, you know? And I do catch myself sometimes now just like scrolling um, endlessly, you know, on, on Instagram and stuff when I'm bored. Um, but I, I think that social media and technology can be so good. Like, um, 
I do have a love hate relationship with technology, but that's another story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I fucking love it. Like I love how that you're in New Zealand and I'm in fucking Australia and we can have this conversation and then I can, I can put it onto this platform and send it out into the world and other people can listen to it. You know, like that's unbelievable. And like even Instagram, like I've met people on Instagram and connected with people on Instagram. I still haven't met them. Right. But I just sending a message to them or like sharing, liking their photos, commenting on their phones and stuff. Like it's fucking awesome how you can connect with people on Insta. Like, we connected on Insta like um, before we even met, you know, and like we've only actually, for anybody listening, <laughs> Em and I have only actually caught up twice, right? And we've kind of been mates for like two years. No, I oh, went to your going away party. That's and I met right. you for maybe 25 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But yes, we... Uh, that's the beauty of it though right when you let yourself be completely seen and i think social media allows us to do that like this is where radical responsibility comes in it's Mm. not social media's fault that you feel like you're not skinny enough or pretty enough or rich enough it's like where are you taking ownership for what you're filtering in Mm. like what you're feeding yourself through this information age yeah like it's your fucking choice who you follow and who you stalk and who you engage with and what you like and yeah. take some responsibility yeah. about how you're actually perpetuating your own cycle of suffering yeah. rather than uh you know choosing to be way more discerning with what you're taking in and i did an experiment for all of this year i don't know if i'll carry it into next year or not but on new year's eve last year i was sitting by myself having cacao in a little bit of a ceremony and new year's eve ritual i'm a wildcat anybody who's listening that is how i spend my new year's eve by myself in a nighty and um this this very very clear guidance come through that was just follow zero follow zero create before you consume create before you consume okay And so I sat there on New Year's Eve and unfollowed every single account that I was following on my Instagram. Um, Riveting task, by the way. It's great fun. (laughs) Unfollowing people. (laughs) Yeah, it's very tedious. (laughs) But I invite this as a part of my program now that I take my clients through as, as like week one. Yeah. Because it triggers the shit out of them. They're like, oh my God, what will people think Mm. if I unfollow them? Or... Mm. I couldn't go a day without knowing what so-and-so is doing. And it's like, really? Let's talk about this. And I'm not going to say that that didn't come up because it did. I had certain people um, message me and have our friendships threatened because I unfollowed them on Instagram. Mm. And that was really interesting. And what ended up happening because of those things where we got together in real life to talk about it and understand that, you know, maybe we had different perceptions of what that meant, Mm. but we come together even deeper. Right. Mm. And so it sparks this opportunity for deeper connection with those who you really want to be connected with. And also a a radical discernment on what information you have been taking in and what your default is, because those first few months when I still wasn't used to that experiment, you know, I do the same thing. Default. I'm waiting in line. I'm on the bus. I'd open Instagram and all I would see is my photos. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just me. And so I, I would be like, oh, you know, five minutes wouldn't go by because it's just my feed. So I yeah. would shut it down and check in, close my eyes. Really simple. What am I looking for? Why did I open this? Mm. Am I here? Like my head was down. Did I even notice that? Mm. And it's been such a powerful experiment as to who, because this isn't to say I don't consume any content. I will consciously use social media at a certain time of day in between transitioning from my work mode to rest mode. Mm. I find that social media can be a good way to do that. Um, because it does kind of like empty and relax if it's not overly stimulating. Yeah. And I will search people individually like, Oh no, I wonder, I wonder what Ant's up to. Mm. Like I care about him. He's mm. top of mind because he actually means something to me rather than somebody I don't even really know. Yeah. And, and just play a little catch up and then I'm present and I'm engaging and I'm commenting or I'm talking and, there's this sense of what social media can be used for, which is freaking connection mm. rather than uh, Angel Phoenix Arsenal, who is this incredible woman, side note, she calls it being a social media stalker. If you just read or look through content, but you're not engaging with it. Oh yeah. We're yeah. so addicted to just being like, num, 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 num. Yeah. but we're not actually like engaging, which is what makes us feel connected. Yeah. So even after consuming all that content, we still feel starved. Mm. Of connection. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I always wonder, you know, like, you know, like fish and chip Friday night kind of thing, like a family thing, you know, and like your parents would go get the fish and chips from the store. Right. And, like you'd have to, like this is before Uber Eats and everything, like when we were younger and before social media and stuff, like I always wonder what they were doing when they were waiting in line or mm. while they were waiting for their fish and chips, you know, because now everyone's just like on their phone, you know. If you, if you look at a bus, like a bus pull up at a bus stop or a tram, people get off and they're looking at their phones. Like they're just actively always looking at their phones while they're doing stuff. And like when you're in line, you just pull your phone out, you start scrolling through shit. And it's just like, it's like it's because you feel uncomfortable waiting in line and things start going through your head, you know, like maybe anxious thoughts or thoughts about like, what's that? Per is that person looking at me? Is that person judging me or whatever? And then you, you use it like as a numbing tool and just scroll through. Right. And I always wonder what um, our parents did. You know, like, did they actually mm. connect with people around them or did they just sit there staring at a fucking, I don't know, a crack in the wall? I don't know. <laughs> There's so much beauty in that question. I love that. Yeah. I think in the same way that this is sometimes said about money, social media just amplifies who we already are in the same way that money amplifies who we already are, right? Mm. Instead of having these individual judgments of like social media is bad, money is bad or wrong or look what it's doing to the kids these days. It's like, it's, it's just showing us and illuminating who we really are. Mm. Like, who are we in those awkward moments when we don't know anyone in the bar and we're waiting for our date? It's mm. like, oh. Yeah. It's, you're, you're so right. It just shows us our ability to be with ourselves. And I do think, I, I definitely do think that our generation and the one 
that's younger now uh, will miss a lot of the wisdom of those spaces in between that yeah. our parents did have because technology just wasn't even an option mm. of the comfortability of being with self. Yes. Not necessarily, you know, deeply attuning to their emotions because I think we can all agree that the generations before us weren't that great at that. And yeah. presses. But uh, this, even like you said about this idea of boredom and, and just how we fill that space. Yeah. Like, we all want space. We're all running around going, I'm so busy. I can't wait to like relax and go on a holiday. And then we go on the holiday and we're like, Oh my God, there's yeah. so much space. What yeah. the hell do I do? Like this is terrifying because yeah, I don't know how to be with myself. Mm. And so you have to practice that. You got to practice being by yourself. Another thing I uh, encourage all my clients to do is, is schedule one full day a week where there's no interaction with their inbox their phone stays on airplane mode, whether they have it for emergencies or not, but apps get deleted. Everybody knows, you know, you send a, send a message to mum the day before, like, don't worry, I'm going to be alive. Like there's no excuse. You know, mm. I think a lot of us are so wired yeah. for a disaster now, but like you said, only 20 years ago, nobody even had one. Yeah. I know. So we're going to be okay guys. Yeah. <laughs> Take a day off. See yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting you bring up about, um, being with yourself and like, I'm sure there's a lot to that, but what, can you kind of explain what that kind of means to be with yourself? Mm, good question. Being with, <laughs> that phrase kind of got me through all of last year, which was a hell of an initiation on its own. And I think it encapsulates this concept of the homecoming that I mentioned before, because they're very vague words, right? People want to be like, well, what does that mean? And mm. you kind of need a reference point to understand. Yeah. And the reference point has to be embodied, has to be experienced because otherwise it's just like words, you know? So, even embodied, Anybody, you know, like, yeah, what the fuck's you can embodied? Say embodied, but like, unless you can say that while being aware of what your little toe is doing in space, you're not embodied. Yeah. Right. So, for anybody that's listening, you know, think of think of a time where you felt totally held, totally safe, totally okay. Like everything in the world was just going to be all right. Mm. And that's that feeling of self safety, you know, like self regulation, self soothing. So being with ourselves is a practice. It's, it's an experiential practice that evolves over time. It's not a point that you reach and then you're like, Oh, here I am. I'm with myself forever. Now mm. it's a constant like straying and then coming back to center. And I guess on a more practical sense, how it feels to not be with yourself is to be a little shaky perhaps be up in your head living from the neck up so you don't even know where your body is in space you're kind of just hovering above the earth you mm. feel a bit stressed um, you're either future tripping or replaying a memory over and over and over and you're essentially not in the now mm. um, Joe Dispenza calls it the generous present 
And I think that's a really beautiful way to describe it because the present is all we have. And I could not digest the Eckhart Tolle shit. So I'm not going to spit some of that here because yeah. I didn't even finish the book. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. But, but somebody with different language, you know, it can, it can appeal to you. So the totally. generous present uh, is, is what it means to be with yourself. Like all of you, all of it, the uncomfy included and here mm. now. Yeah. So like for people listening, what, like if I was to be with myself, like, what does that look like? Like, is it, is it not talking to anybody for a whole day or even like a couple of hours? Is it not listening to music, not, um, not reading books, not having anything to distract yourself with and just learning how to just sit with yourself. Is that what it would look like? That is an expression of what that could look like, but it could also look like you and I sitting here having this conversation right now. It could also look like whoever has this in their ears, riding the bus or walking the beach right now. Being with is simply harnessing your attention away from the stories that you might be playing about yesterday or today or tomorrow or the to-do list or this or that and pulling all of that attention to be here, Hmm. feeling the temperature, noticing what's happening in your body, like listening, just being so intently in feast of this moment. And that's, that's just the most phenomenal practice because then when you build that kind of self-trust of being here in the present, you can kind of conquer anything Mm. like the risk you need to make or the truth you need to tell that decision that might be really hard, the job you've got to leave, the relationship you have to end. All of those things, when we think about them logically and in our heads, are different points in time that aren't here. And so we create all of this narrative around them and it can mm. freak us out, right? That's what sends us into stress, activates the nervous system. So if we are being with, it just it's just another way to say that you're here. Mm. Like, are you fucking here right now? Mm. One of my favorite classes uh, in Vancouver, a workout class, one of the teachers used to say that all the time. We'd be like doing squats and it would be the seventh minute of squats. The class was specifically designed to make you feel and push you to that edge. And you'd be sweating and you'd be like smelling someone else's sweat and they'd be dripping on you. And you're just like, oh, this is gross. And you could feel it like an emotion rising, right? You're like, this is uncomfortable. And, you know, naturally we're hardwired to, rather than seek pleasure, run away from pain. Think about that for a moment. We're literally biologically wired not to seek feeling good, but to push away pain. Mm. So To protect, right? Moment, yeah. It keeps us alive from a survival perspective. So in that moment, when we're pushed to our edge, whether it's you know, deep in a squat and you go up to your head and you're like, okay, just think about how good it will feel to have that new bum. Or like think about what you get to eat after this. Or like think about something more pleasant and dissociate from the here and now. Dissociate from being with that uncomfortable. Snap, like you're out of it. That's 
that's not where you want to go because you're not cultivating your power there. And this teacher used to walk around the room and be like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> and oh, it just, it was so, it was exactly what you needed, you know? You're just yeah. like, oh, oh, there I am. There I am. Well, and then just embrace the pain. Yeah, be with it. Be with it. Because yeah. that's what being alive means, right? Being alive isn't just like, experiencing nice like no if you signed up for being alive there is a part of you that longs to experience the whole spectrum of what it means to be human and that is like the cracking open of grief mm. and the aliveness that comes after that or you know the the joy of the mountain peak or finishing the race or like giving birth like imagine if you dissociated from that situation which mm because of the pain, you know, like we're so conditioned that pain is bad and whoop, let's get out of there. Mm. Let's, let's take a Panadol. I don't want to deal with that. Mm. But when we train ourselves in the same way that you do with fitness, right? You're training yourself to be comfortable somewhat mm. um, with a level of discomfort. Yes. So that all the other ways in life that you're prodded, you become better at handling because it's not so painful anymore. You're not so afraid of running away from the pain. Yeah. You actually trust yourself enough to stay and to be with it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why I love CrossFit because it gets you uncomfortable. Um, well, I shouldn't say it gets you uncomfortable, but like you, like you, at the end of the day, you have to get uncomfortable. You're the one that's, you know, pushing your speed and how fast you're running or when you're going to pick the barbell up again, right? You can, you can through, you can cruise through CrossFit, no worries and not really get a sweat on, right? But you're not getting, that's not where you're going to grow and evolve, right? Like you have to get uncomfortable, right? To, to expand and, and to grow and evolve, right? I was thinking about the other day when I was um, doing this workout and it had running in it and like I was running along and uh, you know, like I was fucking, I was hurting. I was breathing heavy. My legs were getting heavy and I, my lungs were hurting. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is how I know that I'm going to get better because I'm feeling this discomfort. Right. And I was like, this is, and I fucking love it. Like it's stupid, but right? it sounds sick and it sounds weird. Like, you you're chasing you're chasing like the pleasure of hurting right like um yeah it's it's like so i competed in this competition on the weekend and um a crossfit competition and my brother came and my brother does no fitness at all right and he was watching people and he's like he's like what the fuck are they doing he's like fuck that and I was like, what? And he goes, that looks hard. I was like, yeah. And then, and then I, I did my workout and um, like I pushed myself beyond what I actually wanted to and kind of, I, not, not that I thought that I knew that like I could only push myself so hard, but it was, I pushed myself more than I wanted to. And afterwards my forearms, cause it was a really grippy workout like it was rowing and then we had to grab a really heavy sandbag and pick it off the ground to our shoulder like that. And like my forearms were just killing me. 
right? And then afterwards, I was just like, oh my God. And I was rolling around the ground like, oh, fuck. And my brother's like, like, what are you doing? I was like, what? And he goes, like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, it just fucking hurts. And he goes, why did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, actually, no, I do know because that's where I'm going to grow. Like that uncomfortable, right? Because I pushed, I pushed my muscles further than I probably would usually push them, right? Then that's because they get uncomfortable and that's where they're going to grow, right? And even my mentality of like, uh, like, you know, some workouts you, you go like, oh, I, I can only do this amount of pull-ups in a row, right? But if you, and then so you go and you do, you go into the pull-up, your, your mind will shut your body down but when you get to that amount of pull-ups, right? And then you, like, if you don't know, but if somebody tells you, you can do more pull-ups than that. You just need to tell yourself that you can and you do it. And then your, your mind connects to your body and says, okay, you can do this. And you bang out more, you know, like twice as many pull-ups as you thought you could do, right? Then, then your mind, your mindset has just expanded, right? And like... I don't know really where I was going with that story, but that's why I love CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> End of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But it's, yeah, like it's um, the, this is another thing I spoke to Jamie about. It was about um, becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? So, mm. um, you know, you get more comfortable by engaging in more discomfort, right? And, and it can be, it can be um, any sort of discomfort, um, but to to gain more comfort, you need to engage in more discomfort. Yeah. In a way that is is supportive as mm. well, right? In a way that isn't like totally burning you out or screwing screwing your life up. It's like don't go out and seek to fight someone or to yeah. be unsafe. Yeah but because life is going to do those situations for you anyway, right? Like life is going to prod you into stepping forward into a new role or speaking up or disrupting a current uh, relationship that's no longer working. Mm. And so by training yourself to be okay in the uncomfy, yeah, it's just such a brilliant way to cultivate self-trust. But there is also another piece I wanted to add to that, which is that we can learn through pleasure it's not just evolution through pain okay or evolution through uncomfy because that could sometimes be a bit of a cycle too right then we'll then we'll only seek the suffering and that can sometimes be a mask for our unworthiness it's like who am i to feel good i have to Mm. suffer for my growth i have Mm. to have it be really hard and i've seen this time and time again in the personal development and kind of spiritual circles. It's like, if it's not hard, then it's not worth doing. Or if it's not like dense, deep, heavy work. And it's like, well, okay. Like I get that, but I'm also here for a good time. And Mm. so how can I live between those two worlds and honor the depths that I want to be taken to, which can look like (laughs) really meeting the shadow and turning toward it, which is quite painful. Mm. but like I said, with that cracking open there, and you said too, there's this, there is a pleasure. There is a, there is an aliveness there, which, which um, we can also 
experience as light and ease and effortlessness. And mm. so one of the guiding phrases that I use on a daily basis is how easy can I let it be? Mm. And that just feels like I'm always moving forward and in momentum and getting these little tests or I'm, I'm creating those little tests for myself, but they don't need to be these big gigantic, like <laughs> story smashing experiences of, of grit. Mm. Uh, I do think that's necessary, but it can, I just wanted to say that in case anybody then actively seeks pain to perpetuate their unworthiness to mm. actually feel good because i mean we do a pretty good job of society of conditioning that into ourselves that we're not allowed to feel good we're not worthy of feeling good unless we mm. work really hard for it unless yeah. we give our suffering in exchange for it that's bullshit no yeah. like you don't have to hustle to exist here Mm. you are worthy of pleasure and joy <laughs> and feeling good just because you fucking exist. Okay. Yeah. So just wanted to add that piece in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I could probably relate to a bit of that, you know, like kind of hustling to, to exist, you know, like kind of, you know, working hard, making the big money and buying houses and all that kind of stuff to try and look like I've got it all together. Right. To, to gain, um, worthiness from my dad, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff for sure. Like, yeah. And I think, um, I think that a lot of high achievers, um, they are coming from a place of lack and scarcity and, and pleasing, you know, like, or not pleasing, um, trying to gain that, um, what did you call it? Not affection, gain um, validation. Validation, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying all achievers uh, are like that because there's like a lot of conscious people that are achieving big things and, and they're doing it for certain reasons, right? And, but there's, there's a lot of people doing it for the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, always trying to gain validation, right? And it's like they're, there um and i'm saying this because i know because i was doing it myself um it's your self-worth is um basically based on external things like mm -hmm. how much money you have in the bank what car you drive if you own a house already um having a girlfriend um all that kind of stuff um, whereas now my self-worth is based on my, um, my core values, my beliefs and how I show up in the world. Right. So, um, a really good question that a buddy of mine asked me, he said, what, like, who would you be if you lost everything? Right. And I was, I was like, all right, okay, let me think about this. So I basically said, yeah, like my values and my beliefs and how I show up in the world. And then I kind of sat there and I was like, would I be, would I be cool? Would I be okay with losing everything? And, um, you know, like, I, I just think that, yeah, okay, maybe if I like 
if somebody stole all my money and my car burnt down and I didn't have any insurance and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that I would be a little bit upset for a bit, but I wouldn't let it bother me too much because that's not my self-worth isn't based on that anymore. You know, it's not based around what people think of me and what, you know, like how I'm perceived anymore. Like, I think there's a little bit there that I'm not aware of, but for the most part, like I'm, I don't, I'm like not worried about impressing people anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the guy that has all the money and has, um, you know, the fucking, all the cars and the houses and stuff. Right. That's why I sold my house because I wanted to focus on myself and, and starting up a business that can make an impact on other people, not me working a job to make money so I can have the house. That makes sense. Totally. But also those things can coexist with you being worthy and also owning the house and having the wife and the dog and you can do all of those things too. As long as you know, right? Like it's coming from this grounded place where you're just like, this doesn't define me. This is like a playground. Yeah right? Like life and money and creation and business is all a playground. What shall I create today rather than, Oh my God, I'm holding together this identity. And if it were to fall away, I wouldn't know who the fuck I am. Mm. And I think a lot of us have to go through that process. Like the, I think a lot of the, um, hmm, like mentors in this kind of space want to take away that dark night of the soul You know, a lot of us teach or share because we don't want other people to have gone through what we've gone through. But I think of it differently. I think don't take that precious gem of an experience because we all need to know what rock bottom feels like Mm. in some shape or form so that we can meet the truth of who we are. Because otherwise all the bright and shiny stuff can keep us distracted from who the truth of who we really are. Yeah. Um, I also love like what you said about who would you be if you lost everything? That's still a bit of a metaphorical question though, right? It's like, you might not know until you actually did. Yeah. But who, who the fuck are you on a Friday afternoon <clears throat> after a long day and you're in the shower alone? Who are you then? Mm. Who are you when you're hurt? Who are you when you're overtired? Who are you when you first wake up? Who are you behind closed doors? when you're naked and selecting what you're going to wear for the day. Like Mm. that is the pieces of truth where nobody's watching, uh, where you, you can reveal so many of those parts of yourself um, that are easy to cover up when we're walking around in our daily lives. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other day too. Um, and like, I spent a lot of time by myself, right? And uh, sometimes like, I can get a little bit lonely, but for the most part, I'm really happy by myself. And, um, and I enjoy it. Because I enjoy who I am now, right? 
and I never used to enjoy who I was, right? I, ne- I could never sit there by myself. I always had to be doing something. I always had to be at a friend's place. I always had to, you know, be doing something around the house. And I was always searching for like, for happiness. And I was always like looking at other people and being like, oh, look what they're doing. They're, they look happy. Maybe I need to be doing what they're doing. Mm. Right. And I did all these different things to try and make myself happy. And like, like now, like I'm the happiest that I've ever been. And so here's where it gets confusing for people though, right? You're telling the before and the after. Mm. The being with is what happens in between. Mm. Right. Cause that zoom out perspective, you can only have now when you're like, Oh, I'm comfortable within myself. I make choices from a place of authenticity instead of needing validation or, mm. you know, because I feel unsafe or insecure. That point that we were attempting to unpack before about being with is the middle juice of, of that before and after, yeah. because it's really yeah. easy, right. For us to just say that of like, I used to be like this and now I'm like this. And then people are like, yeah, but I'm somewhere in the middle. And what the fuck do I do here? <laughs> you know, we all yeah. want the five-step plan, but there isn't a five-step plan. There isn't a 10-step process. It is this day in, day out, learning yourself hmm. and, and being with yourself, right? And coming face-to-face with, oh, shit, this is uncomfortable. And I, I know that's the journey that you've been on and certainly the one that I've been on too. And mm. putting ourselves in the way of those opportunities. Um, I coaxed Ant into coming with me to a silent retreat when we were in Bali together a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he didn't really know what he was signing up for. And I was flipping so out. <laughs> it, was, it was quite the experience. It was my fifth time, so it was a little unfair. I, I knew what was going to happen going in, but... Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's all of these little ways that we show up to be with ourselves, mm. and then see how we can soothe, see how we can regulate, see how we can stay with what is happening, rather than pick up Instagram and scroll scroll mindlessly, mm. yeah. rather than drink the beer, take the drugs, eat the packet of chips, right? Mm. Is that does that resonate with how you've kind of unfurled into this journey of yeah definitely um yeah like learning about myself more and the emotions that come up or you know so i never even knew knew this but i like i experienced a lot of anxiety right i i don't i could never like because i never knew what anxiety felt like so i was just like oh i just feel a little bit I feel like nervous sometimes or I feel shy or, um, you know, whatever, like I'm not confident and like, but the feeling I was actually feeling is anxiety. And, um, I've learned now that, um, like that it's okay to feel that way, but I've also learned how to regulate it. And it's interesting that you said before about learning how to like regulate and, um, I don't know the other word you use, but kind of just to, to like help ourselves. Um, and yeah, I think like that bit in between that you're saying, I used to be like this and now I'm like this. So that bit in between was learning about, you know, like talking 
you know, I've hired life coaches and I'm doing programs and stuff like that um, to learn about this stuff, right? Because um, you don't just like learn some shit in a book and then, and then you're happy, like, or you feel fulfilled or whatever. Like you actually have to integrate this stuff and do like do stuff. So like, um, I don't know if I told you, I went and saw a, a hypnotherapist in uh, Bali. No, you didn't. But a hypnotherapist was my very first point of uh, awakening, if you want to call it that. But okay. Yeah. Like the, the cracking open. So how Cracking how open, yeah. Here? Yeah, it was really good. So basically I went to her because I, um, I lacked, like I lack a lot of confidence and um, kind of trusting myself and, uh, you know, worrying, I guess, about what people think of me and stuff. And basically, so I went to, I went to her and she did like hypno, or she did some Reiki. And so she could feel where some stuff was like stored in my body, right? Because for anybody listening, when you have like a, like a trauma, um, it doesn't have to be a massive trauma. It could be like little trauma. It could be anything, you know, like from people saying something to you um, in the playground and, and you feel hurt by it. Um, because we never let that out, it gets stored in our bodies. And um, she said that she felt some anxiety from when I was three years old. I was like, oh, okay, what the hell. And then another thing she said was like, you you had some you had somebody um, take advantage of you when you're about eleven. I was like, hmm, interesting. So she freed that up, right? She re- like basically released that emotion, and then she did the hypnotherapy on me. And when I was leaving, she gave me um, she gave me a little card, and she said. Um, you need to say these four lines to yourself every night when you go to bed and every morning when you wake up one second. It's speaking. So he's clearing some stuff right now. (laughs) My throat chakra is blocked. Heard but them now, through words and coughs. But Man. now, now I'm spitting some fucking truth. Dude, it's un- I was in unclogging. Rotorua. I was in Rotorua on Sunday, and if anybody knows, like Rotorua in Rotorua in North Island, New Zealand, is a geothermal active, like crazy. So there's lots of mud pools and geysers, and it's just like, it's hot. Yeah, the earth is just bubbling, and so we literally went to go visit. I was with my roommate. Um, some geothermal pools and both of us started getting really bloated and gurgly <coughs> bellies what? and burping like crazy and we were just like oh god we have to leave like we have to get in the car and get out of Rotorua because <laughs> we were matching the energy of the earth <laughs> if you're here like we're gonna bubble up some shit you know that's hilarious <laughs> so I totally know what you mean mm. <laughs> with the with the throat chakra hilarious um Wow, that's so funny. It's like how when you hang out with like a chick for long enough, you, your periods match. Yep, amazing. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, the, the hypno chick, she gave me um, these four lines that I had to say to myself um, every night as I was going to sleep. And as soon as I wake up um, and basically you have to say them at those times is because that's when your subconscious brain is most absorbing, I think. Most receptive to new ideas because your brain waves have slowed down. So you're more susceptible right in the moment before you fall asleep too, which is why sleep hypnosis is so powerful um, uh, yeah. at accessing. I've done sleep hypnosis for my insomnia for the last nine years. So I'm mm. really familiar with that. Um, and it's so powerful because yeah. e ego is not in the way when you're in dream state. So at our waking hours, like right now we're in beta wave. So our brain waves are, are kind of, going right we're really active and ego is so strong like we have an identity to protect so if a new idea mm. comes at us we're like hmm let me think about that i don't know if i agree with that but when our brain waves have kind of chilled out and ego begins to step to the side which is where dream work is so powerful too right like symbology through dreams and the messages we can receive because there's no ego blocking or protecting what we're being exposed to mm. So that's right. really cool. Yeah. I want you to explain a little bit more about that. But first, I just wanted to let everybody know about like what, what sort of things I was telling myself before I went to bed. Because I think it has been a massive game changer. Like um, my confidence has definitely gone up, right? I'm more in flow all the time and I, I, I just feel better, right? And like, yeah, better things are happening to me and for me. And, and um, yeah, so basically um, every night when I go to sleep, it's going to sound a little bit weird um, if, if you're kind of not in this space. Um, I haven't got but... time for anything less than weird. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so basically I tell myself, I say, um, I love and accept myself. I'm expressive and worthy. I'm joyful and content. I'm connected and calm all of the time. Right. And I repeat that three to four times over, maybe five times before I go to sleep. And then I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do is say that. And, um, like for the first sort of month I was what I was looking at the card all the time, but now, it's like, it's like a habit. I jump into bed, I turn my nightlight off and that's right. I have a nightlight. Um, <laughs> uh, Who no. likes the dark though? Can we just say that? Because the I dark love the is dark. scary. No, oh, I, love okay. the, I love the dark. Great. <laughs> You're like, yeah, take me to the shadows. <laughs> yeah. I, the dark is the best. Like, I was seeing this chick at the start of the year well, earlier on this year and she slept with the curtains open. Like, oh, no. I was like what not the with, fuck? Like, not with like, like street lights pouring in. I'm not down for it. If I was That's living weird. in a van and I'm out in the, on the country, like for sure. Hmm. It's just but, weird. Um, yeah. but anyway, back to the story. So now I just say it like, like as soon as I jump into bed and turn my light off, I say it like as I'm going to sleep and You're it's, switching. And yeah, and it's like crazy. I wake up in the morning and I am like, I wake up and I'm like, I love and accept myself. I'm expressive and worthy. I love I'm and joyful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Sometimes this you're in a weird voice. An epic, an epic segue, if you don't mind, if I share about scripting, because that's such a yeah. core piece of, of what I teach and yes. uh, what my program becoming is all about too. What's it called, uh, sorry? My program's called Becoming. Okay. Which essentially is this idea that you're always in a mode of becoming. You're always in a season of becoming something more than what you are right now or more of who you really are mm -hmm. uh, and so this concept of scripting talks a lot about uh, how am i going to communicate this as quickly and effectively as possible like quantum jumping in time so essentially our old model of attaining goals is that the goal is over there and we're currently here and mm -hmm. we need to close the gap by taking action and hustling and working to reach it, right? It's, it's in a distance um, in time and we have to get there. Mm. And the idea of scripting and flipping that on its head is becoming the person where the goal would already kind of happen yeah. with much ease and effortlessness rather than like struggling and sacrificing for it. Because I've heard this story way too, every single one of us either has a story like this or, you know, we've read a book like this, this hero's journey of, I really wanted this. And so I spent 10 years doing it. And then I realized when I got it, I didn't want it anymore. Or it wasn't that bit of a deal. That actually mm. wasn't what I was seeking, right? Mm. Um, so that model doesn't work. Let's just accept that, everybody. Like it might, it might work in this old paradigm of, a masculine approach which is let's go up the hierarchy let's you know get a promotion earn more do more gain more like that's very linear but from the perspective of creation which is a much more feminine approach if we go quantum we're kind of rebelling against that system of linear time and choosing to connect to emotions and uh, ways of being who we would be as our idealized self now mm. by being super present and being really intentional by using a practice like scripting something that you're very um you're pretty much using right now through this card so it's like writing a screenplay of your idealized life and then embedding it in there same thing before you mm. go to sleep or early in the morning i've mm. recorded mine with music if we pair something with music it creates much more emotion right like if, you know those songs where as soon as you hear it it takes you back to that yeah. summer on the beach with that girl or whatever yeah um so music is a really powerful piece of this too but it first appeared in um a book called ask and it is given which is all about uh unpacking the mechanics of um manifestation and how we actually create things into being hmm. so this process of scripting is becoming really intentional about okay what do i want and who do i want to become and how do i welcome that way of being right now hmm. rather than think there's a shit ton of work to be done before i attain that state of being hmm. it's i think it's very similar into that old way that we try to be happy in the way that you were saying, like, I got the job, I got the house, I got the fiance. Why am I happy? I got here. So reverse engineering that manifestation process and instead choosing to evoke how you want to feel before the actual event. 
Does that make sense? Hundred um, percent. I don't know who says it. I don't know if it's Tony Robbins, but basically he's talking about um, about when you set a goal. Um, the reason, like most people, fail is because, like, they don't believe that they're worthy of it, or basically they don't believe that they're the person that can achieve that goal. Right. So the goal itself is to become the person rather than achieve the goal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's basically, yeah, like telling yourself, well, becoming, yeah, becoming that person who achieves that goal, you know, how do they act? How do they feel? What do they do? You know, do they have routines? You know, are they forever expanding their knowledge? Are they learning? Are they growing? All that stuff. Right. And I think that's why, people do say it's not about the it's not about the destination it's about the journey to get to the destination oh i love me some cliches yes yeah my mom is the queen of buying quotes like that on just pieces of shit and putting them all over around the house (laughs) (laughs) so i kind of grew up with that language all around it was just like believe yeah (laughs) yeah you can do it i'm like whoa okay (laughs) I guess I should trust these pieces of wood from the $2 shop. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, so, and basically Tony Robbins says that you have to visualize you achieving that goal. Like you have to, you have to visualize everything that you need to do to achieve that goal as well as achieving that goal um, and feel it in your body. Right. Yeah, you can't if you just... don't feel it, it's it's not happening. Yeah. If you're not changing yourself chemically, then you're not doing anything, which is why content consumption is something to be really aware of. If you are someone who tends to read a lot of books mm. on becoming better or improving an area of life and then not actually doing anything to implement and integrate. So I talk about this marriage of being connected to this idealized version of who you're becoming and then also aligned action and taking action from a space that is very self-connected, grounded and uh, um, clear on the direction that you're moving toward. Because Mm. if you're just kind of taking action and like doing, then you might not be going anywhere because you're not intentionally moving toward a particular um, experience. But if you have the clarity down pat first, if you get intentional, then everything else falls into place. And it's so incredible how when you take ownership of that creative process, how many other parts of life are willing to work with you and to orchestrate that coming to being. Hmm. Like how, how fun is it when things just fall into place or you meet someone and you're like, I wasn't expecting that. That's the juice of life. Like that's the creative process in action. Life is essentially this feminine, right? Like the masculine is all about death. The masculine is all about emptiness, um, clearing out, getting to an end point. Like think about masculine qualities, right? Like war and Mm. like violence. It's all about death. It's all about an ending and a conqueror or Mm. something like that. Whereas the feminine is, is earth, is um, the creation process. It's a flower blooming. Like there's not necessarily an end point 
because the whole creation process is this ongoing unfolding, which is why I named that program Becoming, because it never ends. We're always becoming more and more and more. Mm. Um, and so when we tap into this innate creative energy that is all around us, it's what makes our hair grow, it's what beats our heart, it's what rises the sun, life responds mm. really quickly and mm. will deliver these beautiful experiences of you know, synchronicity or whatever you want to call it that makes life worth living i think yeah you know? what a relief to know that we don't have to do it all our own what a relief to know that there is like some kind of mystery existing with us to uh like to help us bring things into being it's so fun to let go of the reins just a little bit more of that yeah. control and trust that there is something that's working with us because that's where all the good stories come from. You know, spontaneous remissions, mm. healing, meeting the love of your life at a totally weird place that you shouldn't have been mm. like all of these beautiful things that happen to all of us that then we just kind of disregard instead of recognizing the magic in it and, and, having fun with that. Like there's some kind of shame about believing in magic. Yeah. Like, no, that's, if, yeah. if that's one thing I definitely want to portray through this existence is like, let's just play and believe in the magic again. Yeah. Cause otherwise what's the freaking point? Yeah. Cause it's fucking real. Like we're all connected and I don't exactly know how it all works, but we're all connected somehow. Because some of the shit that's happened to me is just like... Right, we have proof. Yeah. We have proof of what that feels like in your body when you're like, oh, I've made contact with something else that is working with me. Mm. That's the thing. You don't need to know what it is, but isn't it fun to just believe that? Mm. Isn't it more fun to believe that than to believe I don't trust life, I have to yeah. do it all myself? Yeah. 100%. Like what, like, what have we got to prove if we hold so tightly onto those heroic stories? It's like we're so proud to have our shit together, even though inside we're like, oh, I'm so unsupported. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's scary. It's so scary. It's so scary to trust in something that uh, isn't logical or rational or outside of the mind. Mm. So ref having those reference points for meeting the magic uh, can be really helpful. Mm. Yeah. And like fucking magic, I, I do want to learn more about it because it's a part of me that I think I'm a little bit disconnected from. Um, and I know that it's there. Um, and it's there. Like I have premonitions. Well, it kind of comes in waves, but, you know, I could have like permanent when I'm more connected to myself and um, stuff like that. I, I kind of, yeah, like I have these premonitions and then they just happen, you know, like I'll be like, Oh, I wonder if I'll see this person down the street wearing a blue beanie. And then I walk past and or while I'm walking along and then they turn up with a blue beanie on. It's like, what the fuck? You know? Um, yeah. What do you do with those <laughs> moments? When you're like, what the fuck? Do you then just go, oh, well, that was random. 
or do you like savor it? Well, I'm like, I'm like, I was like, oh, weird, but like, kind of, I kind of go, well, of course that happened. Yeah, that's but at the same time, I'm just like, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm kind of just like, ah, oh, whatevs, you know. Um, I went to a live podcast with Jules um, a few weeks ago and they were giving away some prizes. And um, basically, oh, so we had tickets. We had um, uh, raffle tickets and they had five hats that they were giving away and they were pulling out the raffle tickets out of the, the hat, right? So a few, a few hats like got pulled out and then this one came up and it had... Yeah. It had um, a horse on it and the word stallion, right? And something just like, like whispered in me. It was like, you're going to get that hat, right? And I looked at Jules and I was like, hey, dude, I'm going to get that hat. And he's like, he's like, what? And then they called my ticket out and then I showed him my ticket. And he was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yes. And, and then I went That's and grabbed the <laughs> I went and grabbed the hat, came back, and he's looking at me and he's like, dude, you just said you were gonna get that and you got that. I was like, Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm witchy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um and he was like, he said to the guys, he's like, What the he just told me before you handed him like pulled his ticket out that he was gonna get that hat. What the fuck? What's going on here? And then everyone was kind of like, can you tell us what's going to happen to us in the future? <laughs> I was like, you got to nurture that. <laughs> you so have to nurture that. And we all do have glimpses of that, but we're so afraid of what that might mean if we open the door a little well, wider. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because like something else really weird happened and it was, um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, I used to be a really good match with this guy and he, but he, he got into a lot of trouble and got caught, like caught up in drugs and stuff like that. And then I didn't speak to him for like five years. And then um, I was living in Vancouver and I got a, I got a message from him and kind of we were chatting for a little bit, but I didn't really want to bar him. But I, and I was kind of just like, Hey, like, have you sorted your shit out? Like, have you sorted your life out? And he's like, he's like, yeah, man. Like, I just want to live a good life. I'm really sorry for everything I've done, blah, blah, blah. I just want to live a good life. And, you know, I run every day. I eat really healthy. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then kind of left it as that. And then two weeks later, I, I woke up in the middle of the night um, and I, was, I had a dream about him, right? And I don't really know what the dream was, but I know that he was in it, if you know what I mean. And um, I like I barely ever wake up like in the middle of the night. And I woke up, I was like, "Oh, what the fuck!" Like I was just dreaming about, just dreaming about Josh. And then I was like, "Oh, I kind of need to go to the toilet." So I went to the toilet, and I don't know why I took my phone with me to the toilet, like kind of random. But I opened Facebook, and the first thing that popped up said, "Rest in peace." Dipper, which was his, oh, wow, which was his um, nickname, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, I just dreamt about him, yeah. and um, I was like, "I hope that like he's not dead." And then the next day, I kind of was like thinking about it, and 
like I found out through some friends that he, yeah, he, he got somebody shot him because he got caught up in some bad stuff. Wow. And um, yeah, I, I um, kind of trace back the time to when he was getting airlifted to the hospital and he mm. actually died. Um, and it was the time that I was having the dream. So it was like he was in my dream telling me something, you know, and I don't know what it was. And I've never, I've never gone down that avenue to find out what it is. Because like, clearly there's something connected there because I hadn't dreamed about him. Um, I don't think I ever dreamed about him, but anyway, um, I did. And then I wake up in the middle of the night and check Facebook, which I don't normally do. And he's, do he's dead. Like, so yeah. And I don't really know where to go with that. So I never have really kind of looked into it, but I think it's weird and crazy and magical in a way you know so yeah it sounds like there was a sense of openness in in your dialogue with him because he had reached out and then your part of that part of your ego that had blocked him and not wanted a bar of him then yeah. was open and so there was a part of you in your sleep especially when no ego is there mm. that you were receptive to to receive him in some way uh yeah i dreams are a really powerful way to to unpack from a subconscious level that we can't seem to work at when we're awake yeah right yeah and you were saying before about the dreams how you can call things in in your dreams right yeah so yeah. as i said there's no no ego when you're asleep you just have direct access to the subconscious so um whether it is that you're scripting upon waking up or perhaps making a new intention or there's something that you're struggling with in life that might have a connection to a past trauma or problem that hasn't been resolved right before you go to sleep because you're in this more receptive and open space to gain mm. clarity you can ask and this kind of ties into i mean i don't have enough knowledge to talk about it but even just the um, concept of prayer in religion before mm. bed. I'm, I'm curious to see how those things intersect around the actual sleep research that we know now about how our brain works. But um, yeah, I mean, even just a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was um, a day of the dead in Mexico. And so I hadn't really processed slash experienced any emotion for both of my grandfather's deaths they both died within four weeks of each other this august and september and so the tradition of day of the dead is to put out a photo of them and light a candle and you're essentially for one day of the year inviting in access to to meet again with mm. family that have passed over and it wasn't that night but it was the night after that i had such a radical clear dream of of hanging out with my papa mm -hmm. and he told me a story of the whole childhood of, of my mom and her sister and me and my sister of from his perspective and he communicated it in emojis and in a dream you know like you said you just know stuff yeah. like it doesn't make sense on a logical scale but you know stuff 
I understood it. I understood the whole, the whole story that was incomplete through our relationship when he was alive come to a full circle through that communication that we had in, in the dream state. And this isn't to say that like, if you're wanting more information, go do some research. That's not the conversation we're having right now. But if I'm speaking to just simply gaining clarity on something that you want help with, it's a curious experiment, right? Like what Mm. Anne's trying on or like what I do with my scripting, just see how it feels and what Mm. information you receive and what you have access to. If you you ask a very intentional question before you go to sleep, like Mm. show me what this stressful situation is actually about. How can I resolve this stressful situation or whatever it is that you're experiencing in life? Yeah. Use, use your sleep time as productive <laughs> because the subconscious is always processing and it's doing that for us. Mm. But we want to be so in control of our own life and healing and development that we make it very like at the forefront and it doesn't actually need to be. Like, our subconscious is working for us. So interesting. You can, yeah, wow. I'm going to try that tonight, actually, when I go to bed. Yes. I'm curious to see what comes up. Ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's going to be... Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know... I barely remember my dreams. Ask, ask to be really... To really clearly recall your dreams upon waking mm. so that you have enough time. Um, just another another intention is essentially setting a prayer right it's like with your full body um declaring something that you want to be true so ask and who are we asking are we asking ourselves yeah your subconscious or your conscious even so because your conscious mind will kind of go to sleep um it'll be your subconscious's job to make sure that when you wake up the conscious mind remembers and is able Mm. to deliver that information to you. Right. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm not just a complete whack job. Like we haven't talked about much of my history, but I, um, I've worked closely with a, with a shaman facilitating cacao as a plant medicine. And so we go through these kinds of worlds and understanding how the subconscious works and how, Mm. you know, all of these elements of our humanness that we have long forgotten in this current way of life that was very normal and very um, a part of, of being mm. in other traditions and other cultures. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much of us that has been shut down, you know, and like, I don't completely understand why it's happened that way, but like, you know, even just your emotions, you know, like, you know, if a, if a boy is crying when he's younger, you know, like, and the mum's like, oh, you don't need to cry over that. Big boys don't cry, you know. It's like from that moment, it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to feel that way. I'm not allowed to cry. Okay, let's just shut down something that's completely normal as a human. Um, and, yeah, not, not express that and just bottle it up and see what happens, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's yeah. our responsibility now to be rebellious and daring enough to to give ourselves that gift of full expression yeah and it's uh it's about reparenting right 
repairing mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast, bro. Oh, that is, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and I, I, I think I spoke a little bit to Mark Groves about that um, the other week, and uh, yeah, it's that that is a massive other podcast about reparenting, but it's basically um, it's for anyone listening, it's giving yourself the love that you never received as a child, basically. Mm. Yeah. So um, on that note, we've been going for, holy shit, an hour and a half. (laughs) I was like, yeah, about about an hour. Yeah, exactly. I love rabbit holes. Uh, (laughs) Except they can be be dangerous because they distract me. (laughs) Someone was telling me about mercury, mercury, being in retrograde one day and how it affects this and affects that. And I was like, what, what is this about? I need to learn about this. And then I was like, um, I was like, just starting to get to know a chick. Um, and I was, I was like, I was like, is it, is it okay to meet somebody while Mercury is in retrograde? Oh my God. Your Google search results I'm sure would be hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's a good piece to add to before. Like, who are you in truth? Who are you on your Google search results? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the truth of who you are, right? Yeah. Some, there'd be some that should, That's there. a good rapid fire question, actually, to ask future guests. What was your mm. last thing that you Googled? Ooh. Mm. Well, all right. Talking about rapid fire questions. Oh, finishing, yeah. finishing questions. Um, what was the last thing you googled no i'm joking um, <laughs> um do you have a morning routine and what does it look like mm. it's pretty intuitive now because i have such a strong toolbox of things that i know ground and anchor me uh but every day can look a little bit differently i usually have two hours to myself in the morning I wake this is, up on sorry time. to interrupt but you this is really interesting because kelsey when I interviewed her the other day, um, she said the same thing. She's like, I do it very intuitively, depending what mood I'm in. And I think that's really interesting um, because I'm really rigid. And you're also a man. As as a woman, literally hormonally, we Mm. are different every single day. So we have different needs on how we need to move our body, how long we need to sleep, whether we eat or not, what we consume. All of those factors definitely shift and alter from from day to day, let alone mm. week to week uh, <clears throat> within a cycle. And that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. I love talking <laughs> about that. Um, um, so, for example, like this morning, my I do keep my window open. I am one of those curtain freaks because I don't actually have any lights coming in okay. um, on this side. So I wake with the sun. I went, I had my celery juice, walked to the beach, spun on the beach, put my feet in the water, listened to my script, and then made a cup of tea and started work at 7 a.m. because I felt like it. And sometimes I don't start work till 10 a.m. So Mm. it's all quite intuitive. I found that when I had like a rigid laundry list of like meditate, visualize, move, I just, it, it was more fuel and ammunition to shame myself. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now that script has flipped and I'm like, hmm, how shall I play today? What feels good today? I've yeah. also recently found tapping 
EFT, emotional freedom technique. And so yeah. I do that mornings as well. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, also next question. What book are you currently reading? Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh yeah. You like him? Fucking love it. Sweet. I, yeah. Ah, ah. Everybody, um, go I, I, I heard about him when I went to this little workshop in Bali and I haven't looked a lot into him, but he does some pretty cool meditations um, as well. And he is it, where spirit and science meets. It's fabulous. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I like because it's like spiritual, but as well like science that's backed by science. Yeah. yeah um, it's very scientifically written. Hmm. but the concepts are just oh, quantum like we've been talking about um how far are you through the book almost finished oh yeah so what would have been your biggest takeaway mm. reframing how i relate to time okay. kind of how yeah. we, we touched on it a little bit in this podcast which what i've been been shuffling and fumbling through my own in the last few years, but he presents the Newtonian model of time, which is how we all work in this current society, which is like time ticks on and it's linear Mm. and you're over there. So it would take me how many hours on a plane to get to you. And it's point A to point B versus the quantum model, which is that all we have is the present. And so everything is accessible in the present. Um, which opens us up to how good it can get, Mm. right? Like what endless potential realities and um, experiences are for us when we step out of the linear and into the the quantum. Mm. I'm going to have to read it because I don't understand that at all. I was literally, I was sitting with my roommate last night also explaining time to her and for those listening on the podcast can't see what I'm doing in my hands. So I understand that that is a really big mouthful. (laughs) Uh, But that's definitely my biggest takeaway is like, oh, I don't have to relate to time as I'm 26, maybe at 30, I will have completed this by taking this sequential step of action. Instead, maybe this can become you know, whatever, like, it's just, it's totally opened up how there's endless possibilities for Mm. what we can experience and create and manifest. Sweet, 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 sweet. And lastly, is there anything you would like to plug, Um, you know, and where can people find more about you? Mm. Spirited Seeker on Instagram and spiritedseeker.com. That is the word spirited Seeker, dot com because every time I say my email address to someone, they look at me and they go, what? So yeah. I hope you caught that. Um, I run free virtual cacao ceremonies every single month online held via Zoom. So no matter where you are in the world, no matter what time zone you're on, they're catered to meet you where you're at. So you can join in on a like-minded gathering of of people who get you and drop into ceremony with cacao with us. And my next round of becoming will be running uh, in March, 2020. So you can check that out on my website. And that is that a group, a group coaching program? Yeah. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. rad. So a bit of a sisterhood as well, right? Oh, yeah, we're yeah. a coven. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's really good because, like, um, yeah, I think there needs to be, same with men as well, but, like, a gr- like having having a solid group community where you can just be yourself and know that you're going to be supported and uh you know people going through similar things or you know you go through something and somebody else has already been through that and then they can help you out um as well share stories and stuff like that i think that's really cool and it kind of busts that hierarchy of like facilitator and member or teacher and student you know which i think we're also used to in Mm. how we're traditionally educated instead we're we're as, as a collective and we're equal and we're in it and it's it's a really beautiful way to participate in becoming and changing mm. yeah yeah all right mate well thank you very much for coming on the potty and i love thank your guts you. love your guts <laughs> Thank you.